It's the Wednesday edition of Moro Sports Worldwide. If you're just joining us and you're hearing music and wondering what on earth is going on, uh, it is slightly unusual, yes, uh, but we were having technical problems. Uh, our members at Main Control are dealing with it, and hopefully soon we'll be back to the normal uh, way that we do transfer the show to you uh, via the airwaves. But for now, this will have to do uh, because we need to inform you. We need to get you up to speed uh, with as much of what is going on in the world of football as possible. And do remember, our WhatsApp voice note number is 060-584-2250. And as much as you know, clubs around the African continent uh, want to secure uh, what you would regard as quality players, uh, basically to ensure that they do better in continental football. Now, CAF has also made sure that the events coaches are of a certain standard. And a lot of people were a bit confused over the weekend. Uh, they've also introduced stringent measures to bar any coach without uh, the requisite qualifications from sitting on a bench uh, in both the Champions League as well as the Confederations Cup. Now, one man who knows this all too well uh, is uh, Peter de Jong of FC Platinum from Zimbabwe. Uh, he recently had to vacate his seat on the bench in the Champions League. Now, the CAF A license is a requisite for the inter-club competitions and also a pro license for a coach trained in other confederations. Uh, the acting SAFA technical director uh, will try and break it down for us tonight. It's at times a bit confusing, uh, but hopefully with this guidance, uh, he'll be able to explain all of this for us. Uh, Franz Mukhashwa is the SAFA Acting uh, Technical Director. Good evening and welcome to MSW. Good evening, Rob, and good evening to the listeners. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much, uh, Franz. I'll just ask you to speak directly into your mouthpiece to be very, very audible. The issue around that that I'm trying to outline now has caught a lot of people off guard. Maybe not too many people were awaiting it, expecting it, uh, but it is there. What does this all mean, and, and why do we find ourselves in such a situation? Thank uh, you, Rob. Um, the, the confusion, obviously, is regrettable. Uh, it should have not happened like that. Uh, but if we trace the sequence of events, we'll realize that uh, from the South, South African Football Association perspective, as early as 2011, the then technical director made it clear with the PSL, and there was an agreement that indeed uh, standards should be improved and the coaches who would be allowed to handle this uh, uh, PSL clubs uh, must be of a particular standard. It was at that time that the leadership of the South African Football Association showed its foresight by introducing the level three, which we call the pro license. So it was agreed that the, that the number of the pro licenses should be increased so that uh, in our situation we should have uh, three uh, coaches to a club, meaning that the clubs should have wide choice. It has been going on like that, and at that stage, SAFA was all by themselves, very strong association on the African continent under the different presidents and who always had this vision. Uh, at that stage, CAF were not as strong as they are today. As they became strong, then they 
began to take a strong continental line to say, on the continent, we must improve our standards. And then that's where the idea of licenses came about. Have C license, have B, and have A. So what CAF is now working on uh, for the very first time is the pro license, which some people call uh, level three. In 2015, this message was spread around the, 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 the African continent. That is why since then, teams or clubs like Mamelodi Sundowns that have been taking part in this inter-club competition. Did know that the problem at the beginning of every season, they will keep in touch with SAFA. They would get information. Uh, actually, this was even confirmed recently by Peter Musimano mm-hmm. when he went to Al Ahli. He wrote to us to say, I'm going to Al Ahli, but I am missing my certificates. Then the association had to uh, do what it had to do to ensure that he has the certificates which are a prerequisite. The information has always been known, but if I were to stop here. Yeah, no, because I think you'd also be aware, um, uh, TD, that the the issue around Bloemfontein Celtic also came through over the weekend, um, and we did not have a John Matuka uh, going to coach on the other side. Um, you know, in as much as they did try and explain from a club perspective uh, that they were alternating and you know the, the duties and so on, but it was pretty clear that there is some form of restriction that has been put there. And I don't know if the Bloemfontein Celtic example falls into that scope as well. Indeed it does. As early as October, we have been handling uh, this matter uh, uh, with individual uh, coaches. Uh, The case of John is is, is an example. Uh, He has been keeping uh, in touch with us. He is aware of what is still outstanding on his side. And uh, we, we have always been made careful aware of some of the outstanding results that are affecting our coaches negatively. And uh, we realized, even when Neil was still around, that, look, we have dealt with this matter heavily from technical division, but mm-hmm. we are not getting joy, especially uh, from the other side of CAF. So we escalated some of these matters to the office of the CEO, just that it has taken a little longer that things could be fixed. But the information itself has always been there. Some of the coaches are aware of what needs to happen so that they can coach at this level. Because I think even the... I think we all know of the the coaching credentials of somebody like, uh, you know, a Gavin Hunt, um, and just before, I think, the, the game that they had in Cameroon, uh, there were said to be issues around, you know, pretty much the same thing. Maybe if you make us understand from that perspective as well, in a similar vein to, uh, you know, the, the great explanation that you've just given now around Bloemfontein Celtic, what would have been the case, though, with the coach like Kevin Hunt? What happened was when Kev uh, came up with the idea of, having standards that they believe uh, will raise the standards of the African football. They indicated that everybody should have a CAFA license as the minimum uh, requirement. 
but uh, if somebody is qualified uh, with uh, a qualification obtained from uh, a, a confederation or an NA outside Africa, that must mm-hmm. receive uh, a letter of accreditation or endorsement from CAF itself. But now CAF are very clear that they have made a comparison in terms of the quality uh, that different uh, qualifications hold uh, around the world. That is why they say it is the uh, confederation's professional license uh, that will be allowed. Anything other than that, it is up to the MA, obviously, in consultation with their clubs that uh, should be sent to CAF. CAF will have a look at it, ask the MA as to what is it that needs to be done in the meantime. That is why they are saying uh, countries, for example, which did not do a CAF-A license in the past five years can be exempted. A coach who has something other than a CAF-A, and in that country there has not been a CAF-A in the past five years, that can be considered. Uh, uh, considered does not necessarily mean approved, but considered so that it must not look like the licensing system is intended to punish people. There are circumstances on the ground in certain countries that are preventing people uh, from organizing these courses. Those are Africa is different, Rob. Well, and, and obviously, as, as part of professionalizing the game, you know, at the highest standing, it does set the tone here. Uh, TD with regards to, uh, you know, coaches and, and the need and the desire to not just be verbal coaches, but be coaches with the requisite uh, requirements from, you know, the controlling body of football on the continent. Uh, that is true, Rob. Um, the club licensing itself is intended to professionalize the game, improve standards, ensure safety uh, as, as part and part of the development of the game. That is why there are minimum standards. Coaches should be uh, encouraged all over. The South African football leadership has taken the lead in this regard. If one were to listen to the interviews of, the, of, of, of Dr. Danny Jordan, we realize that when the South African uh, Football Association, or should I say South, South Africa as a country, was committed to international football, the world was playing. Africa was advancing. People were enjoying their football. We were called four by force simply because mm. we could not cope with the standards at that time. But it was this leadership that came up with a curriculum that saw international access being brought to the country. Already at that stage, the leadership had, had noted that for us to improve football, we must improve the drivers of the game. And part of these drivers are the coaches. And that is why we have the work done by the late Dimitri, the work done by Horst Crater, being complemented by South Africans, so that at the end of the day, we've got coaches who can match the best in the world because international football means that some of the habits that were developed during the era of our past trade when we were playing alone had to be eliminated, and we can only eliminate them with proper technical knowledge and skill set. All right, we're chatting to Franz Mokhesha, who's the uh, technical director. Um, I'm sure he'll be getting that position full-time soon, but breaking it down because 
I think a lot of people were very confused over the weekend and the past couple of days and uh, the lack of knowledge. Therefore, when at times, you know, clubs will try and, and spin doctor the reasons why they find a different person sitting in the technical area uh, as opposed to the coach that they're used to. This is the official line. This is exactly uh, what CAF have brought out, and that is why it's not going to be easy for people to just step forward and do as they please. What are we doing, France, from a, a local perspective to try and drive the message home? Uh, because as I say, you know, football lovers in this country who follow the game were none the wiser, you know, especially over this past weekend. The South African Football Association, Bob and the listeners, has taken the lead mm. in this in this matter. Uh, I know of a number of countries who have been keeping in touch with us for purposes of learning from us. What is it that we have done over the years in terms of the development of coaches? This association has uh, a, a pyramid of uh, uh, the education of coaches. We begin with the D license, followed by the C, followed by the B, uh, the A, the Pro license, and you also mm. have your your specialized courses like goalkeeping and mm. uh, youth coaching. What the association through the technical committee has been working hard on through a proper discussion process is to ensure that uh, it all begins inside the country. It begins inside the South African Football Association that whoever handles children must be skilled in handling them, they must be skilled in coaching them. The same thing applies to ABC, the Sasol League, and so on. We must admit, Rob, that this discussion has taken quite long. Uh, a number of reasons were advanced, and those reasons were considered so that, like we say, with the interclub uh, situation, the club licensing system should not be seen as a means to punish people or to dislocate people who will say, it's my club, uh, I, I know what it requires, I can coach it. Then the argument there is, it's fine. It may be your club, you can coach it, but you are more interested in the present skills of coaching as part and parcel of uh, best international practice. So. This indeed is a fact has got to be spread. Attempts were made in the past. They met a few challenges, but indeed, even before Neil left office, it was one of his uh, uh, passionate matters uh, to accomplish. But each and every child should be, ex- should be exposed to expert coaching as part and parcel of uh, uh, ensuring that their growth uh, will be properly monitored. So, it begins inside the country. We've been saying it. And what I know, the energy and the courage is now there to say, if it happens up there, we must not see ourselves as outsiders locally or internally. It must also happen because it only has positive benefits in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was going to say that the, the, the drive again, I don't know how important this might be. You might have touched on it um, earlier as well, Francis, that in trying to drive the local football scene, you know, you, you've heard before, you know, people talking about coaches coming into the country or even coaches that are in the country and they even start to give them the label of being plumbers and so on. Uh, they would joke about it. You know, people that aren't even qualified to coach the game would find easy passage into South Africa 
to come and coach here. How do we stop that trend now that if the standards are being raised, you know, at a CAF level, surely we should be doing the same at a local level? Uh, that is true, Rob. Uh, this argument was advanced many times within the association, mm. but particularly by the South African Football Coaches Association, SAFCA, under different presidents. The idea has always been if we expose ourselves too much to what one may call foreign concepts, we end up diluting uh, who we are because people come up with their own determined ideas. They coach the way they see things. But of course, some did not even have respect for our culture and our history and our way of doing things. This argument was advanced so many times. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there's been an argument that we, we do not have to close ourselves to the world. We, all, we also want the best. We, all, we also want the best from other cultures, others from other MAs, uh, from other continents, from whom we can learn. So it has always been a balancing act to do. But it all begins with us having advanced so much that in the past 10, 15 years, we've got quite a number of coaches who know who we are and they are making their contributions, and those contributions should be secured within the local game. Indeed, it has been proved you know, on a number of occasions that if we don't legislate uh, in terms of football legislation, we, we sort of leave ourselves open for quite a long time to the extent that uh, some of these concerns, uh, which people have been raising over and over again, seem not to be hidden because, indeed, if we've got a brand to protect, it's up to us to create an environment in which this brand indeed will be protected. Whoever we expose the brand to as a foreigner or coming from anywhere in the world should be one who's adding value to our brand. And this is one idea that is gaining ground in the association. Okay. All right, Francona, thank you so, so very much indeed. Unless there's something I've left out. Um, I know it's, it's not the usual way that we'd be doing uh, interviews, but we just really thought this conversation was very important. So I'm on the phone, you're on the phone, uh, but we're trying to make it work. Um, yeah, if there's anything, Franz, that you feel I've left out in, in just my questioning, please feel free to share in the last uh, 30 seconds that we have. Well, we can only say if we want uh, uh, to grow our game as we are committed to doing, we should also accept that coaching education is one of them. And finally, those who have got coaching education elsewhere should not feel ashamed to come to South Africa and do what Peter Musimani did. He played international football. He played at the highest level in the country. But the man had the decency and the courage to sit down in the classroom doing coaching education with what Ted Dimitri and Horst Kritter used to call the no-name coaches, men and women, who did not play for top-level clubs, but they learned, they've improved, and we can only learn from these top technicians. Franz, thank you ever so much. Uh, we, we, we hope to chat to you soon as well uh, to just disseminate a lot of the information uh, that you've given us tonight. I think well articulated on your side, and uh, we do appreciate your time right here on MSW. Thank you, Rob. It is part of the association's responsibilities to inform the public. We will always welcome such engagements. Thank you so much. That's the software acting technical uh, Franz Mukhashram uh, joining us right here on the line. Right now, though, it is exactly 
7 o'clock, which means news with Kanyusile Manyone. Robert Marawa, Marawa Robert, uh, he that eats the putu. Uh, Mr. Marawa, as we, um, um, the issue in real AM no coach. Um, I think we'll coach you, you know, because we I understand, we okay, fine. This is how we think I am the sponsor call. And then I put my tennis jacket, meaning is about religion and everything. I am the little in Gablayaki in Chelay. I would refuse to go to Spanish. See, I the police in Mutia Sevenza. This thing of the city of Cape Town not granting Cape Town City the stadium and now they're demolishing new lands, it's going to be a big issue for Cape Town as a city because you only have Cape Town Stadium now. You have Etlone, and then you you go out of Cape Town and you have to play in Stellenbosch. And you know, Danica Raven is also a rugby stadium. So I don't think uh, the University of, of Stellenbosch is going to agree that the people run riot on that pitch. They're already letting Stellenbosch play there. So maybe they must use Kutzenbeck Stadium. We don't know. But hey, the city of Cape Town must come right. Eh? They must come right. Mm-hmm. And we don't know, Marawi. Eh? This is Tema from Hi, Robert. We are speaking to Mkolis Matemwana Cape Town. Madlipoto. Hey, my man. There is still a lot of, there's still playing this happening in our football, Madlipoto. Uh, South African government spent billions or trillions of rand to build this stadium just for the benefits of our PSL club. But we'll find out our, our clubs in South Africa, they are still struggling to match up or to play to those FIFA World Cup stadiums. I don't know why, Matliputu. I don't know why. Sometimes we will say it's better to far off by, by then was better. But after 1994, everything stood for someone else. I heard that DHL bought uh, shares from that stadium, Cape Town Stadium. They spent trillions of rand or billions of rand to buy shares from that stadium. Now it seems that Cape Town City and Ice Cape Town, they were struggling to play to that stadium, Madhubut, you with the issue of the money. I don't know, Madhubut, but sometimes I, I, I think we need a minister, minister of sport to come on board, an MEC of sport in the, in the Western Cape, to come to, 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 to testify with these allegations, Madhubut. We're sick and tired of this because rugby always comes first when it comes to the stadium. Uh, we don't know, we don't know, my friend, man. But I heard this guy is just saying right now on the clip, saying that Cape Town Stadium, he was struggling to to play there. But, ah, okay, thanks, my man. Marawa, good evening. I support the fact that coaches should have licenses because you can't just coach without a certificate or a license because it will show true professionalism in football and uh, it will even take football to another level, Mr. Marawa. It will be a good thing to implement what they are implementing now, Mr. Marawa. And, uh, you know, even this firing and hiring of coaches, maybe firing coach after a short stint will even stop. It's Moses Mokwena of Hamukwagwaila, Mr. Marawa. Thank you. Rob, it's the book here. 
Look, the issue with South African football is that we've given uh, accountability to people who have failed in politics and we're hoping for the best. Uh, the reason I'm saying that is that I hear Francis talking about uh, professionalization of, uh, of coaching at an LFA level or junior ranks. But Rob, it's very difficult for these coaches at the local level to access these coaching courses. They don't come frequently. One has to pay a lot of money to access this coaching. So I think for SAFA, they need to the make it now. accessible for coaches and make it uh, cheaper for these coaches to access it because they understand the nature of the game and the, situ uh, the socioeconomic issues of some of these coaches because there are not any any salaries to be able to afford uh, the, the exorbitant fees that are being charged by the LFAs. Thanks.